You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. Points and miles let us travel the world for nearly free. We primarily get those points and miles from credit card welcome offers. There is one small catch, though. We have to spend a certain amount on the credit card to earn those points and miles. This is called the minimum spend. But what do you do when you want a credit card with a high minimum spend? Keep listening to find out. Welcome to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam, Alex's mom. And I'm Jess. We are travel hacking moms. So today we are talking all about minimum spend. But before we get started, I am going to tell you what minimum spend actually is. So it is the minimum amount that you have to spend in order to earn a welcome offer on a new credit card. So let me give you an example. A lot of times the minimum spend will be something like, Spend $4,000 in the first three months to earn 60,000 Chase Ultimate Rewards points or 75,000 Capital One Venture Miles. So that $4,000 is what we call the minimum spend because that is how much you have to spend in a designated time frame in order to earn that welcome offer. And this is often a roadblock for people. They will DM us and email us and say, I really want to get this card but I don't know how I'm going to meet the minimum spend. And at first, I'm kind of jealous because I am like, wow, it is really easy for my family to spend $4,000 in three months. I mean, that's like a little over $1,300 a month. So I think people think that we are just out there like frivolously spending our money, charging things that we don't need in order to hit these minimum spends. And that is not the case at all. We are charging everyday purchases. We are basically treating our credit card like a debit card, charging every possible thing we can on a credit card, paying them off, you know, every month on time and in full. And then that is how we are able to open up new cards, meet those minimum spends and rack up all those points. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about meeting your minimum spend on your credit cards, whether it's $1,000 or $7,500, we have some tips for you to help you meet those minimum spends. Yeah. And just going along with what you were saying, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions people have. Like if we post a video on Instagram, we get a lot of comments sometimes about, well, how much money did you have to spend on your credit card to get those points? They just assume that we're spending tons and tons of money. And like Jess said, it's not the case. We're spending typically $1,300 a month, you know, to hit a $4,000 minimum spend. And there's really minimum spend at every level. You can find them as low as like $500 up to $15,000. So whatever your budget is, you can find cards, you know, that you can open to earn some points and miles with. So one of the first things that you want to do when you are looking to get into travel hacking, you want to start opening up some credit cards, is kind of figuring out what is your minimum spend level? What can you afford to put on a credit card each month? 
so you know what credit cards would make sense for you. The last thing that you want to do is go open a credit card with a high minimum spend that you can't afford to hit on like your natural everyday expenses and go into credit card debt. That is like rule number one of what not to do in travel hacking is to get into credit card debt in order to earn the points because at that point you're not traveling for nearly free. So what we recommend doing is making making a list of all the things that you like pay for with a credit card. And I think it will surprise people sometimes how many things they can pay for. One of the typical ones that we get is people ask, can I pay my mortgage with my credit card? And like, not really. Like there's some roundabout ways you could do that if you want to use a service like pla- pla- is it Plastique. Is that how they pronounce it? Either way, it's P-L-A-S-T-I-Q, I believe. So sounds French, so it should be Plastique. Yeah. So that is like a route you can go with certain card issuers like uh, MasterCard, I believe, lets you do that. Most don't. And you do have to pay a fee. So it's not something any of us have really, I've never done it or gotten into because there's just, it doesn't work 90% of the time. But beyond that, there's so many things that you can use your credit card for. And I think it will just surprise you when you kind of make that list. For us, it's pretty easy with our groceries, gas, utilities, our phone bills, um, insurance. And what we'll do sometimes is prepay some of our insurances ahead of time. So we have like a big chunk to pay. Eating out, medical expenses. One that I don't know if we'll, we might touch on it again later in more depth, but I don't, we have an HSA. I do not choose to have like the debit card that you can use for your HSA. I pay for it with my credit card and then send them the, a bill and then they send me a check and I get reimbursed. So little things like that, other travel purchases, your memberships, there's so many things that accept credit cards these days. And so I think if you make that list, you can really, there's more that you're paying for than you probably think. So another thing we recommend doing is if you have memberships or subscriptions, auto payments, any of that kind of stuff, if you need to switch those over to the new credit card that you're hitting a minimum spend on, go ahead and switch those out each month. I know it can be a hassle, but it probably would take you maybe 20 minutes. And if that's going to be the difference between hitting a minimum spend or not, it's definitely worth it to go and do those Uh, make those changes. So the big takeaway here, though, is just you're hitting your minimum spend on your normal everyday purchases. We're not going out and, like Jess said, frivolously buying all of the things we want to buy. We're using our credit card like a debit debit card, just like we normally would. And we're also not spending $75,000 to earn 75,000 Capital One Venture Miles. Like that's what people on the internet think. They say, oh, well, you know, you spent 80,000 points on this flight. So you must have spent $80,000 to get those points. And I am just thinking, in what world is an account called Travel Hacking Mom? You know, like we're just three regular moms spending $80,000 to redeem that for one one-way flight. Like, no, that is not what's going on. But if that's what you want to believe, then you can continue believing that. Yes, I, that, that is funny. That is a question that we get, and we always laugh about that. Um, I also get a lot of people that say, I don't have time to do this. I just, I can't do this. I can't, don't have time to change over my credit card um, payment. And 
usually you're meeting a minimum spend every three months, sometimes every two months. It takes me maybe a half hour to, you know, change out how I'm paying um, from what credit card I'm paying all these automatic payments really doesn't take that much time. And whenever I'm sitting in this free hotel or I'm on this nice flight, I've never thought, wow, that was a real waste of my time. You know, 100% worth whatever time you take. It doesn't take that much time. Or you're sitting in the Amex Centurion Lounge. You know, you're not you're not regretting that time, right, Pam? Not one tiny bit. <laughs> All right. So I am going to talk about opening up new cards strategically. And what I mean by that is you may have an expense coming up that you know is going to be a big expense. Say you have a medical expense, like Alex's son broke his arm and needed to have surgery. Okay, well, right there, she knows she's going to be spending probably at least a couple thousand dollars. I, I wish, I wish it was just a couple thousand dollars. It was quite a bit more than that because he had have surgery twice. He, he must have just known that you needed a minimum spend to hit. And so he was like, let me do you a solid. Yeah, he's like, you know, I broke my arm. We might as well go on a vacation with at the same time. So in a scenario like that, you know you're going to have a big expense. She could probably hit one or two minimum spends with just that one expense. Another example is around the holidays is a really popular time for me to open cards because with Black Friday and with Christmas gifts and with teacher gifts and just gifts for everyone, I know that I am going to be spending a lot of money in the last two to three months of the year. and so. Usually every year around October, I open a card and my husband opens a card and we easily hit that minimum spend just on Black Friday and holiday shopping. Some other examples are if you need new tires for your car, if you have home renovations, we are actually in the process of getting our windows replaced right now. And I am going to be able to hit a minimum spend with that. And I purposely chose a company that takes credit cards. For this job, I do not hire contractors who don't take credit cards. I just don't. So they are replacing our windows. I am going to hit a at least one minimum spend with that. And so it's just things like if you know you have big purchases coming up, those are a great time to open a new credit card and hit a minimum spend and maybe hit one that you wouldn't normally be able to hit. Like maybe there's there's a minimum spend for $6,000 in three months or $15,000 in three months. And it's like, normally there is no way that you're going to hit $15,000 in three months. But with this one big expense coming up, you can. So you take that as an opportunity to open one of those cards with a higher minimum spend. Yeah. And while you were talking, I was just thinking like a lot of these expenses aren't very fun sometimes. For example, having my child have to have surgery. Or getting new windows, it's like, it's nice. Like, I'm sure you're happy to have new windows, but it's not like of all the things you could do to renovate a house, windows probably wouldn't be like the most exciting of them. But it makes those expenses a lot less painful when you could say, okay, I have to pay for this, but now I'm going to get like, maybe I'm going to get like four hotel nights at an amazing resort that I could take my family to. In addition to have to buying new windows, we're going to get like a great hotel stay or a vacation out of it. And it just makes it like so much less painful when you can 
kind of have a trip to look forward to after all those expenses that you have to pay for. No, I 100% agree. And it's like when we moved into this house, the the inspector was like, you really should probably get new windows soon. And that was 10 years ago. So we were like, okay, it's probably time for us to actually get them now. And I'm going to hit a minimum spend and get a ton of chase points that I am going to use for an epic trip to Japan next year. So it's def- it definitely takes the sting out of it to be able to do it that way. Another option is taxes. The three of us as small business owners know all too well that it is quite easy to hit a minimum spend paying your taxes. So if you have estimated taxes, you can use up to two credit cards for those per quarter. So you can split your payments on up to two credit cards. So you could potentially hit two minimum spends in one quarter, just depending on how much estimated taxes you're going to pay. And then obviously the taxes that everyone pays in April, you can charge those to up to two cards also. We have a blog post about that, about all the different options. And while there is typically a fee, I think it's like a little less than 2%, like 1.85%. We find that if it's going to help you hit a minimum spend, then it is worth it to pay that you know, nominal fee on the cards. And if you use a card, like say you had a Capital One Venture or a Capital One Venture X that earns 2x on every purchase and you charge your taxes to that, you're actually coming out ahead in that deal because you're paying the 1.85%, but you're getting 2% back. And so it's definitely a good, a good option for that one too. I know for us, my husband has also been self-employed. He just recently finally retired. But so we both have been self-employed for the last few years. So it meant paying a lot in taxes. And if there's one thing that we all can agree, there is nothing worse than having to pay taxes. You get nothing out of it. You don't get beautiful windows to look out of. You get nothing, it feels like. So it's really, really painful. But the ability to earn some credit card points and miles paying my taxes has really turned it around for me a little bit. So that now I'm like, okay, I have to pay my estimated taxes, but I think I can open up two cards to do that. And I'm going to get a business class seat somewhere, or I'm going to get four nights at a hotel. And so it's kind of like making lemonade out of lemons. And it completely turned it around. So another thing that we will do as far as large purchases is we will prepay some of our insurance ahead, like our car insurance. We pay twice a year. So we pay six months at a time and our car insurance is pretty high. And so, you know, paying that six months at a time allows us to get a big chunk of minimum spend taken care of each time that those payments are due. And like Alex was saying with the health savings account payments, a lot of time the beginning of the year, you know, I talked about how we open some at the end of the year because of the holidays and Black Friday. But then I usually also open one at the beginning of the year because that is before we've hit our insurance deductible. And so all of our medical expenses are higher at the beginning of the year before we've hit our deductible. 
So I do the exact same thing as Alex, where I will just charge any medical expenses to a credit card and then get reimbursed from our HSA. And it works out really well. Like my daughter had the flu and had to get a flu test at urgent care and it was $180. And normally I would be like, what, $180 for a test? But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, this is gonna help me hit a minimum spend. So I'm just gonna charge it to my card and get reimbursed. And that was the silver lining of my day spent at urgent care with a child. And then the last one is buying groups, which a lot of people are very curious about. And they are definitely not for beginners, I would say. It's a little bit more of like an intermediate or advanced skill. Basically, a buying group involves purchasing items from retailers, mostly like Amazon, and shipping them to these buying groups and then getting reimbursed. And so it's a lot of times items that come with quantity limits. And so let's say like AirPods or like Apple uh, MacBook computers or Xboxes or Playstations. And so these companies basically tell you what to buy, where to ship it, you ship it there, they receive it, and then they reimburse you for that item. And so it's basically a way to get a lot of spend out of the way for, you know, you're not really spending, I mean, you are spending your money, but you're being reimbursed. So you're not really out anything. They are not risk-free. There's always a chance that the items that you're shipping could get lost or be delivered damaged. And the groups that I have worked with, I think Buy For Me Retail is probably all three of our favorite just because their payments are super quick and they are easy to work with. But there's a couple of others like the Deal Buyer I've used before. They, I have had an instance where, you know, something was delivered damaged or something got lost and I was able to, uh, like they, I printed a return label and sent it to them and they returned it to Amazon for me and I was refunded that money. And so I have never been in a position where I am just like out $300 because my item never arrived or anything like that. But I do just want to throw it out there that like it's not risk-free and you do kind of have to trust that you're going to get reimbursed for your items. Yeah, I totally agree. And I didn't start doing this until a couple of years ago, probably, because it does take a little bit of time and it's not risk free. There's it'll they'll list like where they want you to buy the product. And a lot of times the stores will cancel your orders. And so it can be a waste of time if you don't know what you're doing. I would also never do a buying group from Target because they will shut your account down if they see what you're doing, if they realize what you're doing. And they're very, very, very sensitive. And Walmart too. And so like I would never do Target because I just love Target too much to lose the ability to order things online. So it's it's just kind of a trial and error. I think if you wanted to dip your toes into it, I would strictly just stick to Amazon and, you know, just make sure to sometimes they'll have an item for sale or an item they want you to buy. But what they're going to pay you for purchasing that item might be less than what you're paying for. So you want to make sure that you're you know, really doing your due diligence to learn about how this works and double checking all of the pricing to make sure that you're not losing money because maybe the price has changed since they last posted about the deal. 
So it's, I would, I agree with Jess. I think it's definitely like a more intermediate advanced thing. And it's also hit or miss. It's like seasonal. Some like it's great during the holidays and Amazon Prime time of year. But other than that, it can be kind of dead and I don't really do it much then. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not something that we really do a lot. We do sometimes and certainly more at the holidays time. That's when we do it more. And if you're interested in that, both of those that I mentioned, Buy For Me Retail and The Deal Buyer have a full list of FAQs on their website, like how it works, what you have to do. If you decide to give it a try, I would start small and maybe just buy one thing, make sure that it works out. And then after that, you could increase it. But yeah, definitely not, definitely something I just got into the past couple of years. And I've been doing this for a long time. So I just started dipping my toes into it a couple of years ago. So if you're a brand new beginner, then probably not something you want to worry about right now. Exactly. So now we're going to talk a little bit about how we meet the minimum spend on some of the cards that require a high minimum spend. That would be some of the business cards usually. And so I have met a minimum spend on cards that require me to spend $7,500 and cards that require me to spend $15,000. And I remember the first time I thought, how the heck am I going to do this? I mean, it sounded crazy insane. And now I do it with regularity because I realize that it's really not that hard. So I'm going to go over some of the ways that I've done it. Some we've talked about and a few we haven't. First of all, just normal expenses. I'm definitely going to be able to put all my normal expenses on that card that I'm trying to meet that really high minimum spend for. Now, there's just my husband and I, so you'd think that we would not have that many normal expenses. And certainly we don't have the grocery bill that Alex has or even Jess, but we still do manage to have quite a few monthly expenses. I remember I wrote it all out one time and it was somewhere around $1,500 to $1,700. And that's pretty substantial. So that's the first thing is that I use it for meeting just our normal expenses. I do prepay insurance. We've talked about that. So I will go ahead and pay our car insurance and my husband's truck insurance, and we'll pay that six months in advance. For me, I like to save my points for business class seats. And I know for a lot of families, that isn't what you're going to do. And for there's no wrong or right way to do this. But I always say that I don't use my points for the cheap seats. I like to um, save those points for business class because I like to do a lot of international travel. I'm old. I'm not going to lay all cramped, sit up all cramped all night. I've decided I I earn those lay flat seats. So I'm going to save my points for that. Uh, so I end up buying a fair amount of domestic um, seats or kind of my rule of thumb is if it costs less than $500, I'm not going to use points on it. So I will pay for as many flights as I can think that I'm going to take the next year when I'm trying to meet that minimum spend. So that's one thing that I try to do. Another thing I do is I often travel with my daughters, with friends, with my sister. And so I will try, of course, when I'm with my daughters who I'll travel, heck, we fight over who has, who's going to pick up the bill. 
It's always like, who's meeting a minimum spend? Okay, I guess I'll let you do it. Exactly. That's the conversation that, that takes place at the time to pay the bill. But as much as I can, if I'm trying to meet that minimum spend on one of those cards that has a really high minimum spend, I will try to pick up all the extras. I will pick up the taxis. I will pick up the excursion. I will pick up the dinners, everything I possibly can, and then, then just have them Venmo me the money. And so being able to, if you're in charge of, you know, a PTA dinner, you're in charge of getting the gifts for the coaches, whatever, do all those things, offer to pick those up and pay for those things and have people reimburse you. Years before I got into travel hacking, uh, my husband and I bought a couple timeshares. Not a great idea. But in fact, now that I can travel hack, I'm always trying to figure out when can I use them because I like what I can do with travel hacking better. I can stay at nicer hotels and um, get free breakfasts. And so I, I like that better. But we do have some timeshare maintenance fees that have to be met every year. And until I get rid of them, those timeshares, I still have to pay the maintenance fees. So when I have to meet a high minimum spend, I will prepay my timeshare maintenance. So we have a couple timeshares, and even if they're not due, the timeshare maintenance isn't due, I will go ahead and prepay them. I will do it ahead of time so that I can reach that high minimum spend. Another thing that I try to do is I like to detail my car every year. I like to have my carpets cleaned every year. So I will time that around the time that I need to meet that minimum spend. And then, of course, I pay my taxes. And I pay my estimated taxes, and I pay my annual taxes with that card. And honestly, it is not that hard to meet a high minimum spend anymore for me. Now that I've thought it out and I've learned about it, I'm actually having to get sometimes two big cards with high minimum spend so that I can meet all of my expenses. Yeah, I think all of us can agree that really meeting a minimum spend sounds like it's going to be hard at first. We've all found that it isn't that difficult. And it's not even that difficult to meet a minimum spend on a card that requires a really high minimum spend. We've all done it. Just one other thing I want to add, though, is that we all have different amounts that we feel comfortable with. We all have different income levels. So just get what card feels comfortable for you, where you're not going to go into debt to earn your points. And, you know, there's different minimum spends, like I said before, from 500 to 1500 or $500 to $15,000. So there's something out there for everybody. So just, you know, don't go into debt to hit a minimum spend. That's the take-home message I wanted to leave. Yeah, I think that that... One thing we want to reiterate is there is no one right way to do any of this. Um, we may do it one way, but your way may be different, and it's all good. Free or nearly free is good. That's all we're trying to do. And so don't look at us and say, oh, I'm not doing it quite like them. Don't worry about it. You be you. And it also took us a while to get to this point. You know, I did not open a card with a $15,000 minimum spend as my first card I ever opened with Travel Hacking. Like my very first card ever was a Chase Freedom card that doesn't even exist anymore. And I think the minimum spend was like $500 in three months. And so we have kind of gradually worked our way up to this. We did not 
come out swinging first thing when we first started. So you kind of have to get comfortable with the process and, you know, get your bearings. And then you can sort of challenge yourself to maybe get a little bit more creative with how you're meeting your minimum spends. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I this year was the first year I got a card with a 15000 or $15,000 minimum spend. This was the first year I've done that. I think the first time I did a $7,500 minimum spend was like a year and a half ago, or maybe it was two years ago. And it was strictly because my son was had to get one of those like helmets because he had a flat spot when he was a baby. And so I completely agree with what you said, Jess. Like we didn't come out opening these high minimum spend cards. We kind of learned some tricks to help us get to that point. We were doing it long enough where we felt comfortable. We kind of, you know, dipped our toes in at first and then got to this point. So, yeah. So I think next we wanted to talk about the craziest thing that each of us have ever done to meet a minimum spend. So, Alex, do you want to go first? Yes. So like we were saying before, when we this was when I very first got started. And I think it was a $5,000 minimum spend. And at that point in my life, $5,000 was a lot of money to spend in three months for my family. So I had this dilemma where I wanted to keep opening cards because I was like, oh, I need to get more points. Like I want to go on some trips. But I also was like, eek, I don't want to like open up too many cards. And I, I, when I first started, I would only have one card between me and my husband at one, like, we were only working on the minimum spend at one card at a time. And so we would rotate who was opening them. And now, like, I might be opening, working on a minimum spend, and he might have a card in his name that we're working on a minimum spend. But when I first got it started, it was always just one card at a time because otherwise it felt too overwhelming. And so, but I was wanting to move through the cards quickly so I could get more points. And so we had this $5,000 minimum spend. I don't even remember what the card was. But I got like an email or some type of offer from Stripe where it was like, if you get a card reader and you get a store, like have a storefront or whatever, you can get like, I don't even remember what the amount was, maybe like $2,000 or something like that in credit card processing fees waived. So I have no idea if it was really $2,000, but some, enough that it made it worth it to me to do it. So I ordered a Stripe card reader. They sent it to my house. Like, you know, the things that like they plug into your phone and then swipe your card through it. And so to in, in order to do that, I had to like make a quote unquote storefront where it just was it was really easy. It sounds more complex than it was. But basically, I had to just have like an item that could be purchased. And so this card was in my husband's name. And I was the one that had this quote unquote storefront. <laughs> And so I got his card. I swiped it through the card reader for the purchases he was making from my storefront and was able to get like, I don't know, however much money they let me do for free because I wouldn't have done it otherwise because normally they charge like the credit card processing fees. So I don't know. It was I would assume it was maybe anywhere from a thousand to two thousand. Otherwise, that was more work than it was probably worth. But that's one where I was like, wow, I can't believe I did that. That's kind of crazy. What were you selling on that storefront? I wasn't really selling anything because it was my husband buying it. I don't remember what it said. So that's the craziest thing I've ever done to meet minimum spend. I feel like we should have left yours for the end because I 
I don't think mine or Pam's is that good. Oh, I have a pretty good one. Okay, well, let me go next. And we, because mine isn't super crazy. It's like maybe a little bit more creative. But so my daughter goes to a small private school. And every year around Thanksgiving, they have like a Thanksgiving feast where they invite the families to come and they provide a catered lunch. I'm pretty involved in her school. I'm on the PTA and all of that. So for the past couple of years, I have gone to them and said, can I order the food? Like, the, can I pay for all the food that you're ordering and all the all the materials, the classroom materials on my credit card and then be reimbursed? And they're just like, oh, sure. They know what I do. They know that I am on this podcast and that I have this business. And so they and they trust me. So they have no problem with it. So the past couple of years around Thanksgiving, I have you know, paid for all the food catering for her school and they have reimbursed me and then sort of related. My husband is in a position at work where he is pretty frequently taking people out to lunch. And so he will pay on his credit card, whatever credit card we're working on a minimum spend for. And they are not going to, you know, McDonald's. They're going to really nice, fancy restaurants that, you know, get us a good chunk of spend every time he goes. And so he will just charge the meals to his card and then this uh, his employer will reimburse him. So we are all about charging and being reimbursed. That is That is a big way that we are able to hit some of these bigger minimum spends. I actually like yours better than mine because yours is realistic. Like, Drive doesn't even offer that anymore. And it was like years and years and years ago. It was like when I very first got started, which is a big surprise to me because I'm not a risk taker at all. So I, I, it was pretty foolproof, though. It worked out. So one of the craziest things that I have done, and it was recently, is I have a friend who got a business card that has a high minimum spend, and she wasn't sure how she was going to be able to do that. She and I travel a lot together. She has this dream of going to Greece, and I want to make that happen for her. And we'll travel together, and I don't want to use all of my Hyatt points for the stay. So I said, hey, you get this card. And I'll help you meet minimum spend on the card by charging some of my purchases. Great idea. I thought, this is this is really smart, Pam. This is a great idea. So um, I'm going to Scotland. And there was a hotel I wanted to stay at that doesn't use points and miles. There wasn't any place that you could stay with points. Miles. It was kind of an expensive place. And I decided that I was just going to go all out for this. And so I made a video for her about how to book this with her card, and then I would Venmo her the money. Well, she did book my stay for me. Um, I needed two rooms, and I think it was for two nights. Well, she did something wrong, and we ended up with three rooms for two nights. And it was non-refundable. So she was dying. I was dying. And I wrote to them and they said that they can't refund the money because it's through a third party. But they will give me the amount of the third 
room and massages, food, all of that. I get it's kind of like one of those things where no good deed goes unpunished. Because it's like, it's just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did this. It was like not the smartest thing to do. So if you're trying to meet your minimum spend by helping someone else, just be really careful that it's done correctly. Because in the long run, this is going to turn out okay, but it's definitely costing me a little bit more money. I call that the craziest thing, right? Do I win? Yeah, I feel like I need to come up with something crazier on the spot. I mean, I do my buying groups, which I do think that some people think is crazy, too. I I will say Jess's level of what she does with buying groups, I think is crazy. She does a lot of money in buying groups. So I, yeah, I think if they knew how much money you spend on buying groups, they would say, okay, she's crazy. She wins. After you listen to this episode, DM me and I will send you a screenshot of my buying group portal with how much I have spent on buying groups in the past like year and a half. And she will win. I guarantee you hers is craziest because even I am like, whoa, that's a lot. I got to see this, Jess. Send it over to me. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast all about meeting minimum spend. We challenge you to take a few moments and write down all the ways that you could use a credit card to help you meet your minimum spend. It's way easier than you think. Don't let minimum spend scare you off from the vacation of your dreams. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. And to stay connected and follow along, follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you.